Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast. Today is episode number eight, and the title of the program today is Amp Up, Impactful Ways to Energize Your Leadership and Your Life. One important truth about life and leadership is that your energy levels matter. Leaders have to be diligent in managing their energy so that they can serve and lead at their best. Whether it's physical, emotional, intellectual, or other energy, it's vital to take good care of your energy and to be aware when your energy is low. Today, we're going to be talking about the ways that high energy propels us towards and low energy blocks us from our peak performance and impact. It's time to treat our energy levels as an important part of our leadership and impact toolkit. Craig and I are going to be talking about all things energy today on the Impact Leadership Podcast. podcast where we explore leadership business and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life we're your hosts jeff dishwitz and craig matthews we believe that leaders have to put their people first and if you don't have time to grow your people then you're not leading get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business welcome to your bigger business and bigger life I'm excited about this episode today. We're going to be talking about energy and how the energy that we have can actually make a huge impact on our leadership, on our decision making, and really on our quality of life. To me, I've been one of those people that naturally has a whole bunch of energy, but there are also some things that I do to make sure that I keep that energy. There's a lot of different tactics and strategies that I use to keep my energy up, to keep my mind fresh. And I'm going to share some of those things with you. As Jeff and I talk about this today, we're really going to eke out what are the ways that we can maximize our energy, keep that solid, and make sure that we don't have those, those energy-sucking vampires out there take it away from us. So let's get going. Yeah, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I think people don't think about it. And as we'll talk about, there's so many levels to energy. You know, a lot of people think about their physical energy but there's intellectual energy, there's oh, yeah. emotional energy. You can have one high, but the other low, and it, all of it has an impact. So I think this is one of those topics that is often not discussed, but needs to be top of the mind, and as we like to say, top of the heart. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the way I look at it is when you have energy, it helps you to be at the top of your game. I mean, you know how it is, you know, as it gets toward the end of the day, and your energy starts going down, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I just can't wait to get home. Is that the best time to have a crucial conversation? <laughs> no. I would say do not have those crucial conversations at that point. You know that when you come home after a day that's just whooped your butt, you get home and you're probably less likely to respond really nicely when your wife says, oh honey, tonight's the night we're gonna clean the garage. Or your son says, dad, I need help with math. It's only going to take 30 minutes, an hour, two hours. You know, your decision making at that point in time is just not there. I would also offer, and this is probably not an always, but close to always. When you talk about decisions and even those crucial conversations, and sometimes even a little one, I don't want to do it when I have low energy or when I have high emotion. Oh, yeah, and, that's a good point. Right? And sometimes that emotion actually comes from low energy. My right. emotions tend to get amped up, especially things like anger, frustration, sadness. 
when my oh. energy's low. And even as I'm saying this, thinking about, you know, one of the emotions is happiness and joy. But if I'm super amped up in joy, that's probably not the time to have the crucial conversation <laughs> with someone else. So I'm over going, hey, this is such an amazing day. And by the way, you're fired. Well, that's a great point, Jeff. I never really thought about the the opposite factor of when our energy is low, our emotions are high. And boy, that's so true because really when we have energy, that is a filter for us. That's when our filters are at maximum capacity to be able to say, okay, this is not an appropriate thing to say at this point. So I think when you're worn out, you make poor decisions, you react rather than be proactive. You aren't as effective or productive. We know that there are times that our minds are just fuzzy. And you set the tone for the rest of the company to operate at a slower pace. If you come in chronically tired, chronically not energized, the rest of the company is going to pick up on that as well. Your lethargy impacts those people around you. It just does. So as we show up with energy, that's going to help other people around us be energized. I find that it's an infectious thing. If we're walking around like Eeyore, it's very different than if we're walking around like Tigger. And then we also need to be aware, one you didn't mention, Craig, is when my energy is low, I'm also tending to be more defensive. Oh, good point. And or less open to whatever's happening. That's when I'm low energy, I tend to go into my way. When I'm low energy, I often tend to revert or default to controlling more. Yeah. All sorts of impacts in our decision-making, in our communication, and in our overall leadership that is very clearly and directly impacted by our energy level. Wow. I think you're, the word that you used there was so important when you said we revert to default. And when our energy is low, we revert to default, which means we are not getting creative. It means that we're not considering all of our options, but instead we're going to take the least energetic path. And that oftentimes is a poor decision. So I think you're, you're absolutely right. That, that default decision, when we have those more resources, we're going to see the more options. We're going to be able to perform better because we're making better decisions. And as we think about the kind of energy that we want to have, it's, it kind of comes back to one of the things that Gary Keller says in his book, The One Thing. He says, willpower is not on will call. <laughs> and I thought it was so good. And that book is just chock full of really good one-liners, and I, I really like the book. And some of those things were really true. And this is one of the myths that he talks about. Willpower is not on will call. And that yeah. means that at the beginning of the day when your energy is high or whenever for you, your energy is high because Marcy Rader talks about morningness and eveningness and that's in a different episode. But one of the things that we know is when, when our energy is highest, our willpower tends to be highest. That's why I was able to lose 50 pounds by writing in my journal in the morning and saying, these are the decisions I'm making about what I'm going to eat today. And then all I have to do is just stick to the decisions. I don't have to make another decision later on. So I'm making a good decision when I have the energy and then I just follow it for the rest of the day. Well, and that's a great point. A couple of things, Craig, you know, mentioned Marcy. She didn't talk about it on our podcast, but one of the things I've heard her say in the past is we're not often aware of our decision fatigue oh, and yeah. the more decisions we have to make actually fatigue us and bring our energy down. I have to stick to the decision not to make a new one. It helps me maintain my energy. 
The other thing I would offer is back to the proactive and reactive. I, I love what Gary said. And I also know there are times in our lives and our leadership where energy is low and we still need to lead and we need to call up whatever those resources right. are, whatever it takes. Yep. But that's really a reactive situation. And what we want to talk about today is how do we maintain our energy yeah. despite what's happening around us so that we don't have to pull those, call it the all-nighter of energy, <laughs> right? right? So I don't want to pull all-nighters. I mean, I'm not really an all-nighter guy. I also don't want to have to be the superhero all the time. Right. So how can I do things proactively, keep my energy up, minimize the negative impact on my energy so that I am typically in proactive mode, not reactive? That's a really good point. You bring up the whole issue of superhero and so many business leaders feel like they have to be in that role, that they have to be the superhero all the time, always solving the problems, always doing these things. And some people just get juiced by that, even though they could get juiced by having everything running well and not having to be in that mode. And I think that's where when we make good decisions at the outset, it prevents us having to make tough decisions down the road. Well, and as you know, Craig, I'm one of those guys. That's an <laughs> ongoing piece of work and awareness for me is there's a superhero in me yeah. who really feeds off of being the superhero. And what's been fascinating is my coaching work. I've met a lot of leaders that struggle with that without knowing it. And they will wear themselves out. They will take on too much. They will not take care of themselves, but they'll say, I still have this. I got it. And it feels great. And then they'll struggle actually getting to a healthier place because it doesn't feed them on the inside, but you can't throw that switch until you're willing to be aware of it. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that as we look at what happens when you have the low energy, I think the thing that gets damaged first is our relationships. Absolutely. When we act out because of low energy or not being in a good space, that is often the time that we're going to say the things that we're going to regret down the road. And that's why, you know, if my wife and I are going to have a conversation and it needs to be a difficult conversation, I need to make sure that I am one fully present. And two, that I have the energy to be able to devote to that and not just be there for five minutes, but be willing to be in that for a period of time. Fortunately, we don't have many of those kind of conversations because we do the good work up front. But it is an issue of energy, and I find that when I have more energy, I'm able to make better decisions, move faster, and get things done in a way that is positive towards the future. For everybody who's listening, what I invite you to think about right now is this. Sometimes it's hard for us to connect the dots to the way we showed up when our energy was low, <laughs> yeah. especially at work, because it flashed through our mind. We didn't think about it. But where you can really remember it, I do. I don't remember the days, but I remember the feeling. It's with my kids. You know, I yeah. look back at the times in my life where I snapped at my kids or I, you know, I react to them in a way that I said, oh, my God, why did I do that? I was not on my game energetically. Yeah. And I do it to my kids. I do it to my, you know, and listen to my words. I do it to my kids. I do it to my partner and my family. You're right. I do it to my friends and I do it to the people I work with. And I say that because we are doing something to them and it doesn't have to happen. And what I want right. to tell you right now, this may not be about energy, but saying you're sorry for doing things to people <laughs> only goes so far. 
And yeah. so a lot of what we're doing, if you're willing to commit to being more intentional about keeping your energy at good levels, that's a commitment that your team will see as well and everybody around you. Oh my gosh, appreciate yes. that intention. Yes. So what I've discovered over the years is as, you're, as you have more energy, you're able to make those decisions, like I said, but you're also able to withstand stress. The more energetic I am, the more stress I can handle. Not that I want to handle the stress, but I'm better able to handle that stress. If you've been pumping iron for a while, somebody throws a weight at you, you're going to be able to do something with it. If you haven't, chances are that's going to overload your muscles. In the same way, when we have energy, when we have energy reserves, we're going to be able to withstand stresses and things that would normally sap our energy. So just think of yourself as a battery. And the more that we can charge that battery and keep that battery charged, we're going to have extra capacity when we have to call on it. Well, and I would also add to that, Craig, that in my experience, the things we're going to talk about here in a minute about ways to create energy are things that they actually reduce the stress experience. Because what I want us to keep in mind about stress is stress is not actually a thing. Stress (laughs) is something we experience. It's not like someone gave me a shot of stress or someone threw a stress snowball at me. Right. Stress is based upon this internal reaction I have. And most of the time, the stress I experience is directly proportional to my energy level. Low energy means higher stress experience, high energy, lower stress experience. That is so good. Yes, totally agree. So one of the things that we're going to look at is energy destroyers, and then we'll talk about the energy creators. So (laughs) energy destroyers, some of these things are going to be really obvious to you, and some of them are not. So first of all, low energy people. I don't know any of those, Craig. When they... When low energy people come into my orbit, they get kicked out into some like a, a wormhole or something. It's the low energy force field. It is. It really, <laughs> I, I will tell you, there's some truth in that. Yeah. Like you can't, a low energy person cannot exist in my orbit <laughs> as long as my energy is up. That's right. That's, we're laughing about it, but we can create that. We yeah, absolutely. create that around us. Oh, I totally get it. I mean, it's like if you are somebody who wants to wallow, you don't want to be around somebody who's energetic. We'll talk about how we create that force field later, but low energy people can suck the life out of you. People who complain. Oh my gosh. I did, as you know, I don't know if you've seen it yet, Craig, because we're right now, as we're recording this, we're in the middle of the coronavirus and I'm recording every day, something called a bed talk and yeah. as opposed to a Ted talk. And yesterday it was called, no woe in me. Oh, totally. As a trade-off, because so many people go into, oh, woe is me. Right. They just never say, oh, woe is me, but that's how they see things. Oh my God, it's the Eeyore. It's the Eeyore thing. You know, oh boy, this happened to me and there's nothing left. And this is, oh my, oh, woe is me. There is no woe in me. That's right. And that's one shift we can consciously make and catch ourselves. Or you could say, wow is me. Wow. <laughs> Low energy people, people who complain, poor relationships. Now, this is one we have control over many aspects of our relationships, but not all of it. We have responsibility for ourselves and what we do. And as we look at poor relationships, we are constantly nagged when we have a relationship that has gone south. Well, and I would, I would tweak this one. For me, Greg, 
I would say instead of poor relationships, I would say unresolved relationships. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Because I think we all have challenging relationships at times, and sometimes those relationships need to end. And so the yep. re- and we could say, what do we control? Why control me? If I've got an unresolved relationship issue, it takes my energy down. It distracts me, especially if I'm around that person. And so the resolving could be with them. I'm going to have a conversation, but sometimes it's about my willingness to let it go. Yeah. Let that relationship issue go because it's the unresolved that creates the tension for me. Wow. That is so good. You made me realize that we need to create a whole other podcast episode on how do we evaluate our relationships because there's some really cool tools that, that I've been taught that we can look at our relationships and see whether we have a positive relationship, whether it's both directions, I'm feeding them and they're feeding me, the level and the quality of that relationship. If I want that relationship or if I don't want that relationship, there's all sorts of interesting things there, but we'll leave that for another episode. I think one of the biggest things that has helped me to maintain high levels of energy is to not watch the news. Amen. Hallelujah. If I could sing it, I would, brother. I mean, focusing on things that you can't do anything about. Now, if you are in the government and you are running certain programs and you can have an impact on the economy, great. Do it. Be informed. Know what you need to do and make it happen. But for many of us, what's on the news is just who got shot, who crashed, who made a boneheaded remark, and a lot of negative news because most of the news is negative. It is as I would call negative, it's things that are going to make you take notice that the world is not in a good place right now. And be afraid. And be afraid. That's right. They sow fear so that they can sell stuff. Yep. And and you said a great word in there. You talked about the people who might need access, but I don't know if you heard what you said. You said so they can be informed. Well, the problem is most of the news, frankly, (laughs) is not information. Yeah, you're right. It's opinion. In fact, I've talked to writers over the years, you know, writers who were writing, they were journalists 20, 30, 40 years ago. Oh, wow. They're so disappointed because they said, in my day, it was news and we were reporting the news. Now, virtually every article, their comment was, is an op-ed. So people are creating yep. the news. So it's not information. And you know this of me, Craig, I, I basically swore off the news right after 9-11. And I can tell you the day it happened. It was the Monday after 9-11. It was the first day the stock markets opened. It's actually Tuesday. The markets opened up on Monday. The newspaper in my town, the headline was, stocks plummet. I remember that. Well, we all knew that was going to happen. That wasn't news. That was a confirmation. But it was these big black letters, stock plummets. I said, I'm done because I realized I was being influenced. And so I get snippets of news. And there are times I'm somewhat uninformed, but yep. overall, I don't feel like I'm missing much because I focus on information and I get my news and sources that I can control better what I'm hearing in that. That's a really good point. And I think going back to what you were saying about the journalists, when I came through school, we were taught something called yellow journalism, <laughs> which is basically when journalism went wild and they started reporting whatever they wanted rather than the actual news they they put their opinions in it It was called yellow journalism and it was outlawed so why do we not 
have those constraints now because what we're doing is sowing fear constantly. So anyway, well, if that was yellow, if that was yellow journalism, we're going to need a whole a sixty-four box of Crayola to find a bigger <laughs> yellow for what it is today. We are in the midst of the coronavirus. It is now uh, March twenty-sixth as we're recording this, and I remember when the coronavirus was coming through. I don't watch the news. So I didn't hear what was going on with China and Italy until it started really bubbling up, which told me that, okay, when something's really important, I'm going to hear from my wife or from other sources or something else that's going around. When I hear multiple people talking about it, then I take notice. What I'm talking about is if I dwell on the news, what is in my mind? So there's a Bible verse, Philippians 4, 8, that says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. We do that because we want to fill our minds with the good stuff. When our minds are filled with the good stuff, it brings up our energy. It allows us to make better decisions. It allows us to be not in a space of scarcity, but rather in a place of abundance. Well, I think I just found a different word. You know, you said earlier how I don't like the words positive and negative because yeah. to me, it all depends on your perspective. There's nothing that's either one. Right. But when it comes to news, the, a new concept just hit me sitting here, Craig, which is why I love doing this. It's that the news is almost always about something that's been taken away or lost not something that has been given or gifted or granted. Hmm. So yes, this thing happened, you know, you got this, but it's not, you know, it's all about loss. It's about things that were taken away. Yeah. Just things. And so that's what we tend to see then. Oh, I lost something else today. I lost some control. I lost some health. I, I lost my comfort level. That's what's being told. So it's things we're losing. Yeah. Which is another reason the news has is a drain on our energy, both, at all levels, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, all of them. And I think we can sit here and what we're doing is one of the things that actually sap our energy. So you probably feel this right now as we're talking about all these quote unquote negatives. When we dwell on that, you know, whatever it is in your life that you feel like, okay, this is, this is a tough situation. Just by naming it a tough situation, you made it diff- more difficult to resolve. Right on. Right. So we need to give proper titles to things, but we don't need to label everything. And so when we do, we take away power. When we label somebody as, oh, this person is X. The problem is when we label something, it's not with a sticky note, it's with duct tape. (laughs) Maybe Gorilla Grow. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it just doesn't come off very easily. Dwelling on things is not good. Labeling is not very effective. I think something else that is really important that we look at is foods. Now, there are foods that are good for you, and there are foods that suck for you. I am not Mr. Health Food Addict. Uh, I don't always eat healthy foods. But as somebody who has dropped 50 pounds, I do know the difference between things that are going to energize me and things that are going to make me gain extra weight. And some of those things are just really, really simple to resolve. You know, cut down on the sugar, cut down on the the white stuff like the potatoes and the flour. Think about the closer it is to the vine. You know, so it's it's your vegetables, even if it's meats, try to get it as organic as possible. Those are going to be things that energize you a little bit more. But when we go buy the fast food, that food will suck the life out of you. 
So just be careful. You don't have to be perfect in that area. All I'm saying is actually track it for yourself and see what foods actually energize you and what foods make you want to go take a nap. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartavera.com. Welcome back. So those are a lot of things that we call energy destroyers, any energy sappers. And we jumped into those because we want you to be aware of those, you know about those, but we really want to close by focusing on what are the things we can do to keep our energies up, to protect our energy, to stay healthy, to do the things in the way that are going to serve us, our leadership, the teams around us, and the people around us. Absolutely. And so when we look at energy generators, you know, basically we can create our own generators. And these are the things, these are the practices that we follow, the things that we do, the things that we consume that help us to maximize our energy. And first of all, I know this is going to sound really crazy to you, but exercise, huh? (laughs) You know, some people would say, oh, but it takes energy to exercise. No, it actually gives you energy. If I go out for a walk, I am going to come back more energized. And frankly, I'm going to come back with much better ideas. When I go for a walk, my mind is churning. And the reason for that is because you're oxygenating your brain. You're sucking in more oxygen. It allows your brain to function better. And so you're going to find that, you know, people like Steve Jobs would go for a walk when he was having a meeting because during that walk, you're going to have a better set of ideas and the nature that's around you is going to feed you in a different way. What's awesome, and I'm a walker too, an exerciser, I ride my bike, but I remember the first time I met a speaker, a business leader, business owner, president of a college, a guy named Nito Cobain. Nito's the president of High Point University, also owns a couple businesses. And when I met him, I said, I don't know how you do it. I think I have a lot on my plate. You have more plates than me. And he was talking about, you know, getting a good night's sleep. But he said that part of his ritual every morning is he took a two-hour walk. Yeah. And he often did it with someone else, one of his mentors or advisors. So it was a conversation. It was exercise. He was exercising his body, his mind, his creativity. He was problem solving. He was doing a lot of things together. So it's another thing to think about is how can you bring these activities together? Because we all know we struggle with time questions. So he was doing it all together. So there's so much that can go on. I love that he's actually out there for two hours. I've not heard of anybody else that walks for two hours. So that's, that's pretty interesting. One thing you're highlighting, Craig, I want to emphasize is, and I remember hearing this years ago, I think when I hired my first coach, he was talking about creativity and he said, most of the time we cannot be creative when we're in whatever we're in. Totally agree. And we need to create some separation. And so just the act of separation from the work activities, getting away from our desk, getting outside for a walk or a bike ride, whatever, that separation alone helps amp up our energy and open our mind to more creativity. One of the things that I would say is in the afternoon, when we start getting sluggish, the last thing that you would want to do is go take a walk. That's probably the first thing you should do. 
Because as soon as you go and you take a short walk, you come back, you're going to be refreshed. You're going to be ready to go. We talked about energy generators that, you know, bad food suck the, the life out of you, but good nutrition, good food, and certain supplements can also kick things up. You can take a five-hour energy, you can drink coffee, you can, you know, there's all sorts of things that you can take. Well, let's be really clear about something, Craig. One of the things you mentioned, I'm not sure if it's intentional, I heard you say supplements and you mentioned energy drinks. I would challenge us out there that if I'm having to go to an energy drink, that tells me my energy is low and it's, I'm medicating my energy up and it's temporary. So what we're talking about here is how are the things, and a lot of this, by the way, is mental. You know, I know that good food is good for me. So when I eat something really healthy, I can feel healthier in that moment. My energy (laughs) goes up. You know, I love spinach, but I don't often think about spinach, but I'll tell you, when I throw some spinach in a pan and cook it up a little bit, I feel better just looking at it cooked because my brain knows this is good for me and I'm already, so I'm getting a mental boost and I'm also getting a physical boost from eating something good for me. Yeah. It's like green equals good. Green equals go. Yeah. Or or green equals go. Yeah. There you go. Even better. Uh, I would say another thing that we do beyond the nutrition is healthy and supportive relationships. This is one of those things that when you have somebody in your corner, when you have somebody who's got your back and you know that they're in the battle with you, it takes a lot of the stress off of you. It, it, it charges your emotional bank account, which also gives you more energy. I've been married for more than 30 years. I know that my wife is here for me. I don't have to ever question whether she's in the same game as I am or not. Well, and I'll tell you, confirming that, I'm not in a 30-year-plus relationship, but what I notice is the absence of it. Yeah. So I am in a relationship now, and it's a very supportive relationship, but in those gaps when I don't have that, that's one of the pieces I miss greatly is that support, because when I'm in them, it is supportive. It's those good questions, you know, hey, keep going, or when you have that challenging day, someone who listens and reminds you how great you are. I notice it as much when it's not there okay. than when I have it because it's important. So the next one I want to talk about is one of the simplest things, and it's one of the ones I see least practiced, and that is gratitude. Oh, my gosh, yes. You know, and gratitude is so simple, and it's a matter of just focusing on the good things you have, big and small and everything in between. You know, I have friends who speak on it, teach on it. There's things such as gratitude um, journals, gratitude challenges. But what I want to encourage you around gratitude is, and it becomes, it's like a muscle. I would say my muscle is a point that I tend to only be grateful. It's rare that I'm not grateful. So I'm not at a place where I have to consciously think about what I'm grateful for. That's just what I see. I look at a, a situation that the rest of the world says, oh my God, I go, wow, that's kind of cool. (laughs) Because I'm seeing the part of it that's grateful. You know, I'm experiencing this, you know, right now in the coronavirus, my business took a very large hit just the last two weeks. Well, the gratitude in that is I'm still healthy. I still have opportunities to create. I'm still being creative. I'm still moving forward. But you know what? It was only able to take that hit because it was so good. But here's, there's a trap with gratitude. It's like one of these, it's okay, but I hope you can get past this quickly too often we fall into the trap that our gratitude is based upon comparing it to something really bad. Oh yeah. And to me, that's not really gratitude. Someone that says, 
you know what, I know I had a tough day, but you know what, I read in the paper that a young family was killed in an accident yesterday. I'm grateful that I'm not them. That's a form of gratitude, but that's really coming from the lowest common denominator that says, I'm only grateful if I can find something really crappy. Yeah. That's not gratitude to me because gratitude is this fill up your heart thing, not a, well, it's not as bad as it could be. So if you're in that space, you got to throw the switch because that's not real gratitude to me. I totally agree. And I have a morning routine and my morning routine, of course, as we've talked about, includes walking. And one of the things that's in there is gratitude. I'd say gratitude and sending love. So the gratitude side is what am I grateful for? Of course, it's the family. It's my health. The fact that I can actually get out and walk. It's for the, the flowers that are blooming right now. It's for the amazing creativity that God has put into this world. For my friendships, I mean, it goes on and on, right? So I'm grateful for a lot. But then there's this side of, okay, now that I'm filled up, let me fill somebody else up. And it's just kind of metaphorically kind of thinking about how would I send energy, send some love to somebody else. And so I think about somebody else and I just wish the best for them. I'm thinking about maybe it's my mom and hoping that she is able to walk, walk more today or that my dad's shoulder gets fixed a little bit more and just sending some love to them and saying, wow, you know, I, I hope that they feel that love. And sometimes that prompts me to actually make a call. God, Craig, I had not thought of that until you just talked about that. And it, what struck me is that one of the ways I build, fill myself up is by filling others up. Oh, totally. Right. You know, so often they'll say you have to be filled up to fill others. Not always, because even when I'm at a low point, me reaching out and filling up someone else, one of the most powerful statements we can make to another human being, and I did a challenge on this a year or so ago, is, is some people say, well, tell them you love them. That to me is good, but what is really magnificent is to let someone know you believe in them. Ooh, those, that's- you know, I believe in you, those four words are so empowering. And when I tell, when I fill others up, it's like the hose just goes inside of me too. So fill others up, just like Craig's talking about. He sends them love, fill others up. It'll fill you up because you can't, it can't take you down. It's not like you're giving up this exhaustible supply. You're multiplying yeah. by filling others up. Oh, that is so good, Love Jeff. That. Love that. I, I would say that that actually leads into a whole other area that I hadn't thought about before, but let's talk about it. Service. Mm-hmm. When we are in service, when we are, whether it's volunteering or we are helping somebody else, like the other day, I was on a walk. This was around Christmas time and an older couple in the next neighborhood, they were moving chairs in because they were going to have a Christmas gathering of people. Well, I just went up to them and I, helped them move chairs from the, from the vehicle into the house. And just by doing that, you could see their face lit up and that made me feel great, energized me. And I was like, okay, I just built into this relationship. Fantastic. It's not because I want to get something out of it. It's because when I serve somebody else, it makes them feel good and it makes me feel good. It's a win-win. And so much of that, we, you and I just recently experienced because as we said earlier, right now we're recording in the midst of this coronavirus yeah. challenge. And last week, Craig and I did a lot of number of webinars just to help and give back. And it filled me up and it yeah. allowed me to focus on the good things, focused on the solution. All these kind of things we're talking about around energy, we put it into practice by service. Absolutely. And I'll say one thing that 
that really kicks it up for me in the energy level is laughing. Sometimes we just need to get away from the crap that's around us. Go watch a comedy, listen to a comedian, maybe be around some funny people. You know, we have a mutual friend, Van. If you're around him, you're going to be laughing. (laughs) And it's just one of those things that I know that we're going to have a good time. I've done a lot of work with him over the years. And so do something outlandish. Just get crazy. Get totally out of your comfort zone. And it's even better with a friend, right? You do this with a friend. Jeff and I, we were, we were downtown Raleigh and we're like, hey, there's some scooters. Let's go do that. And we were rode around for two hours riding those things around. We were having a blast. We were laughing. We were having a great time. And we got some Krispy Kreme donuts while we were at it. And this is where I tell people, if you want to do something outlandish or we think it's outlandish, just channel your inner child, which ought to be online anyway. Absolutely. You know, do the things the kid would do. Go jump in a puddle. I remember a few years ago, I was going to a ball game. And so I was dressed in shorts. I wasn't dressed up and was with some friends and there was a puddle and they walked around it and I went and jumped in it. Initially, they were kind of angry and they said, why are you doing that? And I said, because it's a puddle. That's why puddles to jump in. And they said, what are you, eight? I go, exactly. So think about it, actually. That's a great idea. The more your mind says, no, 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 don't do it. Do it. I'll give you a couple questions. Is it going to hurt somebody else? Is it going to hurt you? If no, do it. Ah, man, some good things for generating energy. I'd say another one for me is prayer. When I connect with God, it is a calming and energizing influence. I read the Bible daily, and that's something that fills me up. If you don't have a faith background, maybe you change that prayer to meditation or just extending your gratitude a little bit to what you have around you. I think we can put this into a bucket that's about a practice. Yeah. So, you know, exercise is a practice. Going for a walk is a practice. Prayer is generally a practice. You know, reading is a practice. You know, uh, perhaps a spiritual or inspiring um, devotional is a practice. Meditation, yoga are all practices, and they all bring their own piece to it. But the yeah. underlying part of all of it, there's a practice to it. Yeah. It's this thing that we do and we do regularly because then it becomes that muscle, that muscle of calm. And the one we didn't mention there, it's part of meditation, is breathing. Oh, it is my gosh, so yes. Powerful, and we've got a whole nother podcast on presence, but the act of taking an intentional breath feeds our energy and allows us to pause and experience all these things. We talk, yeah. I can't be grateful sometimes if I get caught up in the whirlwind, if I get caught up in everything happening around me, I need to stop. And the best way to stop is to take a breath. Yeah, that is so powerful. So I did a little bit of training with Grandmaster Ty before he died just a few months ago. And I was fortunate enough to be in his, his presence. And this is a guy that for his whole life had grown up as a Kung Fu master. So he's like level 16 black belt, one of the top Kung Fu masters in the world. But he's also a Qigong master, which is the energy behind it. If you go out and you punch somebody, it's going to hurt, right? If he punches, that, that punch is going to go through. So it's, it's where you break the bricks and you don't hurt your hands. He's broken a thousand bricks and his hands are still in good shape. And so the reason was because he could protect his body through his, what he calls chi energy. And there's, there's a whole practice around that, but breathing is the fundamental part of what he would call that life force or that chi energy to 
fill your body with energy and protect it. So I guess that leads us into the last thing, Jeff, which is boundaries. And oftentimes we go through life without boundaries. But I know that you and I have talked about boundaries in, in different aspects. And oftentimes if we are in a place where we don't have boundaries in a relationship, that can cause undue stress, expectations, things like that. And then when we create those boundaries, that allows us to know where our operating lane is. Well, and boundaries are difficult. Boundaries are difficult because we, most people don't talk about boundaries and they usually only talk about them in personal relationships. Yeah. I believe that almost everything we've talked about comes back to boundaries. You know, we talked about the energy destroyers, the low energy people, the complainers, the victims, the news. Every one of those is solved by setting a boundary. Yeah. I can set a boundary with people in my life. I can still love someone and have a connection, but set a boundary around communication. I can set a boundary around the news. I can set a boundary around food. You know, you look at the things that reinforce energy. Every one of those comes to setting a boundary. You know, creating some space for exercise is saying, I'm going to say no to work right now and right. yes to this. So keep in mind that what a boundary is, is saying no to something. So you create a yes over here. And a lot of times what happens is we want to say yes, but all these other things keep leaking in. So the key to the practice is actually setting the boundary. I'm going to walk from this time. I'm going to do exercise at this time. I'm going to get away from my computer at work during the day. I'm going to turn off the news. A lot of times the yeses we want are more about the boundary of saying no over here. That's so true. And I think one of the keys in there is when we put it on our calendar, it's a matter of self-integrity for us to actually keep that. And I find that's one of the things where I, when I make a commitment to somebody else, man, I'm there. When I make a commitment to myself, I've, I have learned to make that much more important to myself, but it's still not perfect yet. Well, oh, you're not perfect? <laughs> no. So with that, let's go ahead and wrap it up. I, I am excited about energy. I think it's something that as we really get to understand it and know how to harness it, it helps us to make better decisions, to be better leaders, to be better human beings. And I encourage you to really think about your energy over the next period of time. Yeah, you know, we're going to be back on more podcasts with more in-depth discussion of all of these topics, whether it be personal health, exercise, um, emotional leadership, energy leadership. So stay tuned for more episodes as we continue to go dive deep into this. As you know, the Cartavera motto is always been and will be the same. You can't grow your business bigger than you. Yeah. And that includes the how you take care of you, how you feed you, how you grow you. Absolutely. So thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And 
you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.